Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 2, Episode 14, Accepted. And a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, we talked about being qualified, about how God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies who he calls. And I think that's a very important spiritual truth. And I want to kind of pick up on that a little bit today, talking about accepted or being accepted, the idea of acceptance. It's so important in our lives that really that we get in where we fit in, that we find our place or our purpose or our people, our our tribe or our clan or our family. And like my son Logan says, your friends are your family that you choose. So there's a lot of bonds. There's a lot of relationships. There's a lot of connections that we can and should try to make in this life. The problem is when we try to do it the wrong way, when we sacrifice who we are in order to gain that acceptance. And I'm not saying you shouldn't sacrifice because you should sacrifice. Sacrifice is uh, is very biblical and very spiritual. Sacrifice is what love is. Love is giving everything you have and everything that you are without worrying about anything, without worrying about how it's received, without worrying about how it's accepted. Love is laying your life down for your friends. Love is giving what you have. But that does not mean not being who you are. Instead, love means being who you are to the fullest. It's the maximum effort. It's doing the most that you can do. It's giving what you have and who you are instead of getting rid of what you have and who you are, which I think are two very, very different things. When you try to get something that you think you haven't got by being someone that you're not, you're missing out on the whole point of the whole thing. God made you just exactly the way that he wanted you to be. And he made you that way for a reason. So when we try to be somebody we're not, we're missing out on who we were meant to be. And if you're, you know, again, if you're, if you're sacrificing your true identity for that idea of acceptance, that's not real acceptance anyway. That's somebody accepting a version of you that isn't true and isn't complete. And if you have to hide who you are in order to get somebody to like you, they'll never really truly like you. They'll never really truly accept you. And I've found in life the two hardest things are, number one, doing something you don't want to do. And number two, not doing something that you do want to do. Basically, the hardest thing in life is going against your nature, trying to be somebody that you're not. But I know a lot of us are willing to try to be someone we're not in order to get that acceptance, in order to get people to like us, in order to fit in. But like I said, the whole idea is to get in where you fit in, to find that place where you can be your true, complete, total self, where you can be the you that God made you to be. And listen, that can be hard to find, but it's worth it because otherwise you're living a lie. So I want to read, actually, I, I have four passages of scripture I want to read today that I think will really hopefully uh, tie together 
to really help us see what I'm trying to say here. And the first one is all the way back in Genesis chapter 4. And I want to read verses 1 through 8. So this is, the, well, this is part of the story of Cain and Abel. And it reads, starting with verse 1, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. And when she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, and Cain cultivated the ground. That's important. I kind of reference this story a lot when I talk about giving uh, sacrifices or about what the Lord is looking for or, or about what God will accept. It's important that we see here that Abel was a shepherd and Cain cultivated the ground because so many times we try, again, I'm going to hammer this all uh, episode here today. So many times we try to get something we think we haven't got by being someone we're not. We try to uh, cultivate the ground. We try to do things in our own effort. We try to make things be the way that we want them to be instead of just accepting things the way God wants them to be. Instead of understanding and accepting his divine order of things, instead of understanding and accepting that, look, I mean, even uh, Eve herself, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. That really should be our mindset. We should always include God in every facet and every aspect of our lives. God doesn't want to be a part of your life. He wants to be your life because he is life. So if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make those ways come to pass, which is the whole idea behind Abel becoming a shepherd keeping the sheep. We know we know that's a type and shadow of Jesus, who is the true shepherd. I did an episode about that, uh, I think, last, last year in season one, about the shepherd and his sheep. But it's easy to see the type and shadow there. Um, taking care of the flock, and eventually, as we're going to see, presenting God the, the only offering that he ever required or desired or would accept, which is the lamb. So, what I'm trying to say is, God doesn't want what you can produce on your own. God wants what he produces in you and through you and as you. And that's why, instead of trying to be somebody we're not, we have to come to terms with who we are. And the way we do that is by understanding our true identity, which is Jesus. God in the flesh, love in a body. God in our flesh, love in our body. Christ in you, the hope of revealed glory. Christ in you, coming out of you as you let him do what he wants to do in you and through you and as you. So it says, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Again, Abel brought what he could produce from the sweat of his brow, from the from the ground, from the field. Uh, he brought his blood, sweat, and tears, his effort to the Lord. And Abel brought, I'm sorry, I don't know who I said. Cain was the one who, 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 who presented the crops, of course. And Abel brought a lamb. So it says, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. And he looked dejected. So God wants the lamb, right? And that's what God got on the cross. 
Jesus sacrificed himself, right? And it wasn't because God was angry and had to kill somebody and he was going to kill humanity. And then Jesus stepped in to save us from God. Think about that. God stepped in to save us from himself. That, that doesn't make any sense. God, God's judgment, and, and you know, I've ranted on this many, many times. God's judgment was never a death sentence. It was a life sentence. The people wanted to crucify Jesus. And then God's judgment was to bring Jesus back to life. So God has given us an eternal, abundant, everlasting resurrection life sentence. God does not want us to suffer. God does not want us to, uh, you know, just uh, work and pay taxes and die. God wants us to experience his life of love. And that's why the only offering that he ever wanted was the lamb. Cain, uh, Cain tried as hard as he could to make something for God that God would accept, and God didn't want that. Abel brought the lamb, and God said, yep, that's it. That's what I want. I want the lamb. So it goes on in verse 6 to say, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. And really, I feel like this is one of the biggest ideas that we have in our lives is do good and be accepted. Do the right thing and you'll be uh, accepted by the people that, that you want to accept them. You know, in this case, God, but a lot of times in our lives, it's, you know, our spouse or or our friends, or, or people at work, whoever it is that you want that acceptance from. We think, well, if I do what they want, then they'll accept me. But again, the problem with that is that you can try hard to be something you're not, but at the end of the day, like Popeye said, I am what I am. At the end of the day, you are who you are, and you can't be somebody you're not. So what we need to do is we need to understand that I say this all the time. I'm not for everybody, right? Not everybody will pick up what I'm laying down. Not everybody will accept me. And that's okay. You have to be okay with that. You can't please everybody all the time, which is what it says in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. It says, Jesus now called the twelve and gave them authority and power to deal with all the demons and cure diseases. That's pretty big. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty important. Jesus was sending his disciples out to preach, and he gave them authority and power to deal with demons and cure diseases. Like He, he, he filled them up, and he sent them out. He gave them the ball before he told them to run with it. So keep that in mind. It says, he commissioned them to preach the news of God's kingdom and heal the sick. He said, don't load yourselves up with equipment. Keep it simple. You are the equipment and no luxury inns. Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. If you're not welcomed, leave town. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and move on. Commissioned, they left. They traveled from town to town telling the latest news of God, the message, and curing people everywhere they went. This was one of the most important kind of lessons that I ever learned when I was first starting my ministry. And again, it's just, it goes back to that idea of I'm not for everybody. You're not for everybody. 
I've had I I once preached a sermon at the church I attended at the time, and after I was done, one of the senior more well not the senior pastor but one of the more senior pastors came up to me and shook my hand and looked me straight in the eye and said some of that was real good preaching some of it we need to talk about because my very untraditional view of quote-unquote christianity and heaven and hell and the afterlife and some of those things did not match up with his so he thought he needed to fix me. And it wasn't long after that, that I stopped preaching at that church because I don't want to fight with anybody. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to make waves. If you don't like what I'm preaching and you're not going to uh, choose not to listen to it, then I will just keep quiet is how I felt about that. I felt like I wasn't welcomed, so I would just leave town. I didn't make a scene. I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and moved on. And that's kind of how I roll uh, in every aspect of my life. Like, there's so many people in my life that don't even know that I'm a pastor because it doesn't matter. I don't need to tell them that. I don't need to, uh, you know, shove scripture down their throats or 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 even have them look at me differently because people will look at you differently when they know you're in the ministry or when they know that you're a Christian or, or whatever, whatever else the case may be, people will judge you differently because they think you're judging them. They think Christians are all hypocrites sitting up on their high horses, uh, doing the very things that they're telling other people not to do. And in some cases that is true, unfortunately. But my point is, is that I don't need people to know every aspect about me. I don't need people to think that I'm something that I'm not. Because a lot of times these labels that we have, they bring a lot of, of weight with them. They bring a lot of preconceived notions with them. And if people think Tom's a nice guy, I would much rather people think that than for people to, to say, yeah, Tom's a pastor. He, uh, you know, you got to be careful what you do, say and do around. I don't care what you say and do. You don't have to be careful what you say and do around me. If you swear around me, you swear around me. Like, it doesn't offend me. I'm not going to get upset about it. I don't, I don't care about that stuff. What I care about is loving people. What I care about is letting Jesus love me and loving him back by loving people. That's my whole ministry philosophy. That's, that's my whole life philosophy. But again, even though I feel like God has loaded me up with a lot of that love and he's given me a very small platform you know, with my, uh, with my internet ministry and with this podcast to, to proclaim this word, to, uh, tell the latest news of God, the message, and, and maybe cure some people, whoever hears my voice. And, and I take that very seriously. You know, I once had somebody say, geez, man, the only thing you care about is your kid and Jesus. And that's not far from the mark. A lot of things I don't take very seriously, but those two things at the very least I do. But my point is, is, if you listen to my podcast and you think, man, that's garbage, I'm never listening to that again, I'm going to shrug my shoulders and move on. I'm not worried about it. My theology and my philosophy on life does not require you to agree with it. I don't need to convince people that I'm right and they're wrong. I don't need to convince people that what I'm saying is true. And if you don't listen to it and accept it and believe it, then, you know, boo on you. I don't need any of that. I'm not worried about any of that. All I can do 
is all I can do, which is what I want to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to read verses 4 through 11. And I think I kind of mentioned, you know, in a, in a, in a circular roundabout way, this passage quite a bit too. And when I do that with some of my favorite passages, every once in a while, I like to, to actually read them and, and get like a concrete, you know, this is what it actually says. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 4, and it reads, When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. So, basically, do what you can do. Stay in your lane. Don't try to be somebody you're not. If you plant a seed and you never get to see that seed grow to fruition, that's okay. Sometimes you don't spend, quote-unquote, forever in somebody's story. Sometimes you can give them everything you have and everything you are. You can love somebody uh, the most you can and the best you can, and it still will only be a part of their journey. And that's okay. Like... Love is giving. So if you're loving somebody in order to get something out of it, you're not really loving them at all. If you're loving somebody because you, you know, the whole idea of I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, that's not love. Love is simply doing what you can do because you can do it. Love is simply giving what you have because God gave it to you and you trust in him to make sure that you are provided for, right? The abundant life, living out of our abundance, doing what we can do and not worrying about it. If you plant a seed and then, you know, you never see that person ever again, that's okay because somebody else will water that seed and then God will make it grow, right? So, you know, you never know who you affect sometimes with random acts of kindness. You never know how you affect people with random acts of kindness, uh, I've had my brother tell me many times, uh, I work at night and he stays up all night. So sometimes he'll text me in the middle of the night with like random stuff. And since I'm awake, I'll, I'll answer him and we'll talk and whatever. And he's told me a couple of times, he's like, you don't know how much it means to me to have somebody to talk to. And I'm like, well, actually I do know how much it means to you, but I'm glad that you have that. I'm glad that I can do that for you. And that's not a big thing for me to do, but it's a big thing for him to have. When you can help somebody who doesn't have any help, when you can love somebody who doesn't feel any love, that's such a big, huge, important thing. And when you do that thing, you will help other people to feel accepted, which to me 
is the best way for you to feel accepted. If you want to be accepted, accept others. If you want to feel forgiven, forgive others. If you want to feel loved, love others. It's all about giving what you have. Because you can't give what you don't have, and you can only give what you do have. So if you forgive somebody, that means that on some level you know God has forgiven you. There's a the you know there's a whole passage in the Bible about how uh, how it used to be, forgive and you will be forgiven, which is kind of the whole Cain idea of, you know, if you do right, you'll be accepted. But that's Old Covenant and Old Testament. In the New Testament, you don't give, I'm sorry, you don't forgive in order to be forgiven. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, you forgive because you are forgiven. You're not working to get something that you don't have. You're simply receiving and releasing what you do have. You're giving what you've got. You're sharing what you've got. And that is the difference. That is what will allow us to experience the gift of God, which is love. And, you know, acceptance is a facet of love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, all of these different things. They're all just parts of love. They're all just facets of love. And when you know that you are loved, that's when you can love. Hurt people hurt people, but loved people love people. It's about knowing what you have. It's about receiving it and releasing it, filling yourself to overflowing with what God has already given you so that it comes out of you, building on that foundation, which is Jesus, building on that foundation, which is love. Jesus is the rock that we stand on so we will not be shaken. Jesus is the rock that we build on so that we have that foundation that won't crumble. We have that foundation that will stand firm no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what comes against us. Even when we feel like nobody else in the world accepts us, we know that Jesus does because we're planted on that rock, because we're built on that solid foundation. And that's the last passage I want to read today. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. And I'm going to read it in the King James Version. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And there's two things here. One, we just saw that, you know, before Jesus sent his disciples out, he filled them up with his power and authority. And we see that again here. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But it's interesting because in the King James Version, the word places is in italics, which means it was added. It wasn't in the original. So what it really says is, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly Christ. We are blessed with everything that Jesus has, not only just because we are in Christ, but also because Christ is in us. So again, it's that idea of being who you are, being where you are, knowing who you are, knowing where you are, accepting who you are, accepting where you are. There's things, I think, I think everybody has things about themselves that they don't like, but if it's not something like, like you can change your hair color and, you know, you can change your physical uh, body to, to some degree, you know, diet and working out, whatever, what have you. But I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like the internal stuff. I'm talking about being okay with who you are on the inside. I'm, I'm talking about accepting yourself. Because if you can't accept yourself, no, nobody else will be able to accept you either. And the only way you can accept yourself is by knowing who you really are 
which is knowing who you are in Christ. And when you know who you really are, when you understand that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly Christ, then you will know that you have everything you need and you won't need to try to get something that you think you don't have by being somebody that you're not. So it goes on in verse four and says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And by the way, the only way to be holy and without blame is in love. When you're operating from love, you're holy and blameless. Things might not always work out the way you want them to, but if you're operating in love, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're right where you need to be. You're right where you should be. If you're operating from love, keep it up. So it says in verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, here's where I wanted to get to, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. We didn't do anything to become holy or to become without blame or to become accepted. And we can't do anything to gain those things. Those aren't things you can earn. Those aren't things that you can work for. Uh, again, with Cain, he, he tried to be accepted by God by working hard and giving what he could produce with his own human effort from, from the ground. And God didn't want that. God didn't accept that. that. That's not what God ever wants or ever will accept. It was Abel, who was the shepherd, who brought the lamb that God said, this is my offering. This is my sacrifice. This is what I want. So we try so hard to please people sometimes. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, be nice to people. I think you should be nice to people all of the time, no matter what. I think being nice to people, even if you don't like them, is not necessarily being fake. It's called maturity. It's called being a mature adult. You can always be civil. You can always be nice. I don't think, you know, normal human beings go around crushing or destroying other people by being mean to them. Uh, and, and, you know, we all make mistakes. We all mess up. We all have bad days. That's where grace and mercy and all those things come into play. But what I'm saying is, if you're working so hard to please somebody, if you have to beg for something, even if you get it, it's not worth it. It should, you know, uh, some of these things in life, they should come easy. They, they, you shouldn't have to work for them. And love is something you should never have to work for. Love is a gift. Love is given. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is his everlasting life. So he is the one who has made us accepted in the beloved. And it had nothing to do with what we did. It had everything to do with who we are and who he is. Verse 7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And I included that last verse so that we'll understand what it means to be accepted in the beloved. If you're accepted in the beloved, then you have redemption through his blood. You have the forgiveness of sins and you have the riches of his grace. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly Christ, right? You have everything you need. You don't need to try to get something that you think you don't have by being somebody you're not. You don't need to do that. You don't need to try to impress God. You don't need to try to get God 
on your side. God's already on your side. He's already impressed with you. Before Jesus started his earthwalk ministry, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's because, not because of what Jesus did, but because of who Jesus was. You are my beloved son. That's what pleased God. That's what pleases me about my son. You know, sometimes Logan will bring home a really good spelling test, and I'm very proud and very happy, and I love him with all my heart. Sometimes Logan will bring home a horrible spelling test where he missed every word, and I'm still very proud and very happy, and I still love him with all my heart. That doesn't mean we don't have some work to do on spelling sometimes, but it doesn't change how I feel about him, because he's my son, and that's how God feels about us. Even on our worst day, he loves us more than he could ever love anything else. Not because of what we've done, but because of who we are and because of who he is. So what I'm trying to say today is stay in your lane, do what you can do, be who you are. Let what's inside of you come out. The love that God has put inside of you, let that love come out of you with every breath you take and every move you make. Don't worry about trying to get something you think you haven't got because you already have everything you need. You're right where you're supposed to be. God has you in his hands and he's not letting go of you. He has made you accepted in the beloved. So you don't have to worry about that acceptance. You can just accept his acceptance of you. And in that way, accept other people, receive it and release it, the divine order of things. And then you can experience this life that Jesus literally died for us to have. So that's what I have for this week. I think it's important that we understand a little bit more about acceptance. Um, and I guess, you know, as always, thank you for helping me get the word out there. And we will see you guys next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there, they're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant. Um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to, uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out. Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.